Welcome to the Growing Together podcast, a show for inspiring conversation and practical steps to help your church become the church where all generations thrive. I'm your host, Justin Koo, and today my guest is Juan Rodriguez. He's a youth and young adult director at the Florida Conference of Seventh-day Adventists. He's a strong advocate for media and creativity in his church and has served in Florida for over 22 years. So I've told you this story before, Juan. Uh, a number of years ago when I first gave my heart to the Lord, I was just graduating from a Bible college. I think I was like maybe 21, 22 years old. And I came back to my home church. And for a while, I, I really wanted to get involved at my local church. I wanted to serve in whatever capacity. I was so excited because I came to my home church and they're like, yeah, we'd love for you to be involved. And uh, long story short, they appointed me a position in their church structure where I was a junior deacon in training. And uh, I remember hearing- You were 21? I was like 21, 22 years old or something along those lines. I was like, man, like that just didn't sit well. Not only was I not an actual deacon, I was a junior deacon, but I wasn't even a junior deacon. I was a junior deacon in training. And what that, what that basically equated to, because I stuck around for a couple of months to try and figure out, is that I would maybe once a quarter pick up offering. And that's what my involvement looked like. And I, here I am, you know, my, in the prime of my life, just finished Bible college, ready to serve. And I'm picking up the tithe once every couple of weeks or every couple of months. And, um, you know, I, I'll be honest, I, I didn't take it well. I was frustrated. I, there, was, there absolutely wasn't relational capital when it comes to that church. Um, I didn't have a tie there. And so very shortly after that moment, I ended up leaving the church because in my mind, mm. it was a sign that they, they, were, they were interested in youth participating and young adults participating, but not really. And mm. from that moment, I just, I never really came back to that church. I was just, I said, no, I'm good. And, mm. you know, I want to like in hindsight with maturity and some experience now, I want to not be so cynical when I, when, I, when I think of that story. Maybe they were really doing their best. Maybe they were really you know, trying to actually get young people involved in the best way that they knew how to. Um, and maybe they were just, I don't know, ignorant to how that would feel to, to someone in my position. And so in, in today's episode, I kind of want to talk about what are some of the pitfalls or challenges or major opportunities when it comes to keychain leadership and getting young people involved. Um, if you were in that church, I don't know, how, or at least let me do this. Uh, do you feel like I overreacted? Is there something there or <laughs> help me out here? <laughs> well, you know, I don't know. I don't know if you overreacted. I think that it's important to understand that um, God had put something in your heart. He put a fire in your heart, and you came to a place where they threw water on it. Oh, so that's what it felt so, like. You know, exactly. So you know that. So that it may not have been an overreaction. It may have just been uh, a reaction of a, of a normal person in their brand new Christian journey. You know, that's been unfortunately not appreciated. Um, by a church. And so I, I think that that, you know, that's just normal to happen. I, I remember that I had a similar frustration um, uh, when I was pastoring at a church and they did the same thing. They had junior deacons, um, definitely not 20 year olds. That would have been like, <laughs> that would have been a little bit crazy. But, you know, even, you know, in our church, 
you know, when I when I got there first, I was like, man, you have junior deacons and these guys are 15 years old and 16 year old. There's no way you mm-hmm. guys can call these junior deacons. And so we had the transition where we started moving, you know, their name to like deacons. And then, yeah, if you have a nine and 10 year old, I'm cool with calling them junior deacons. I don't have a problem with that. But I, I did have a huge issue with that. And and, and, they, and they understood. They saw it. They're like, oh, yeah, you know, that, that makes sense not to call them junior deacons. So, um, so I think that's one of the pitfalls is to see someone young and with the mentality of – maybe this is where the church, unfortunately, is not really their fault. Hmm. This is all they know. Yeah. Like this yeah. is what they've learned growing up in their church. And sometimes this is – a church that comes maybe from a different country, that that's what they were taught in that country, um, especially if they're in the European landscape. Mm-hmm. Um, because if you go to different churches, whether it be Latin America or, you know, other countries, you know, their young people are put up to preach at 12 years of age. I mean, or they, they're put into leadership positions really, really fast when they're young. But, you know, that maybe that's all they knew from the very beginning. Mm-hmm. And so they, they make the same mistakes Oh, I guess I should say it this way. They make mistakes, but they're naive. You know, mm-hmm. they, they weren't doing it intentionally to hurt. Yeah. Which is all they knew. Yeah, and, and, <clears throat> I, and I fully believe that. I believe that th- this this church that I'm talking of really was just good people. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, actually, if I, it was actually a lot of my family members who are involved in the leadership of that church. And maybe part <laughs> of it is because they had, the, they had the context of, you know, Justin growing up and getting in trouble <laughs> and all the kinds of things that I did growing up. They're like, you know... Maybe we got to keep them on a short leash. And so I give them the benefit of the doubt when it comes to that, for sure. Um, yeah. so, so we're talking about, okay, passing the keys on, giving it to, to, to younger generations, and then being a part of that journey. You were telling me a story which, you know, is, feels like it's on the other side of the spectrum. You're not calling a 20-something you know, year old Bible college graduate a junior deacon in training. But you had mentioned something about like a really young kid being an elder. And, and I think a girl at that, if... if not to make things worse, right? All right, right. So there's this church that we've been working with um, on the west coast of Florida. And when I first got a call from one of their leaders, their their leader at that time was probably about 81 years old, 82 years old. And he called me and he was like calling desperately because they had no young people. And he said, we're literally dying weekly. We're having funerals for people that are in this church, and our church is going to close down because we have no young people. Oh, wow. Um, and so we, we're praying through the process of what's going to happen with that church and see how we can reach young people because it's really hard to reach young people if, if you have, if your average age, actually, the average age of that church was 80 years of age. Oh, goodness. So, yeah, so it's going to be really hard, but they baptized the grandmother, and the grandmother had grandkids. And then those grandkids started coming to church. And, and the leader of that church had actually read the book Growing Young. So he was familiar with the concept of, okay, what can we do to grow young? Hmm. And so we had the conversation. We talked. We met with them. Uh, we met with their leaders. And this is a situation, again, every church is different. But in this church, this one leader is the main leader. Okay. Um, and so pretty this much This is the person with the whole ring of keys on the... <laughs> Exactly, yeah. exactly. And, and he, like, he had every key, and, and he was in charge. And everything went through him, pretty much. And, but, and, it, and he was like ex-military, so he had that you know, military attitude. However, he was also just open you uh-huh. know, and kind. And so through the process, they baptized 
the the grandmother she had grandkids and they had friends and so they this 83 year old now we're talking about a year later after our conversation 83 years old he actually would have all night parties at his house with the young people <laughs> him and his 80 year old wife and these young people would come out of the school non-adventist and stuff like that and they would have they had a pool so they had like you know 15 20 kids at their house and 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 they're 83 in fact he called me one time and he said uh, i don't know if i can keep on doing this i almost died in that all-night party i stayed up all night <laughs> so it was hilarious but what they did through the process once these young people were baptized is that they automatically wanted to put them into leadership positions hmm. and so they had uh, uh, like I said, three or four people that were baptized and, and two of the young ladies, they put them straight into working. They had this food bank that they opened uh, twice a month and they had those girls become the leaders of the food bank. Yeah. Before it was run by, by older individuals, but they wanted them to get involved. So they put them right into leadership positions right away. Mm. It was like, no. And I guess in this case, you know, this is when you know you're desperate. You're willing to try anything. Yeah. And so that's what they did with these young ladies. They put them into that. And then the, the one story about the other young lady, uh, she was 12. She's 12 years old. And um, as she was getting to know the church members and so on, you know, having good relationship with them, you know, and and... and kind of loving on them and them loving on her uh, where they saw her as a potential, you know, leader in their, in their church, you know, and this is, this is not like years. This is like months are passing by here or weeks even. Um, so through the process, they had her um, be mentored by someone that was running the sound. Hmm. So she started running the sound with, with the person that usually ran the sound and he was teaching her and training her to do the sound. And after a while, um, the church, told the sound person that they want her to be the leader of the sound. Well, this was a huge thing for the person that had run the sound there, I think for 20, 30 years. I don't even know how long it was. But eventually that person stopped going to church. Uh Uh-oh. He left the church because now a 12-year-old was controlling the sound and the video and so on, the AV, everything that came with that in the back of the church. And this made him, uh, I guess, unhappy and he left. So that's that's kind of like of a pitfall. But what I see that was powerful there is that the leadership there was very intentional and very committed to the fact that they don't want to go back. Hmm. They want to move forward. And so that that was a, a situation where unfortunately that person left, and maybe they've come back. I haven't, you know, checked on them in a while. Uh, but I know that the last time I checked, he had gone. Now this twelve-year-old girl that now was running the sound was asked to be an elder. So now you have a twelve-year-old female elder. This one church of an average age of eighty-year-olds have now gone down to average of maybe seventy-seven, and uh, <laughs> and then there's. This, and then this one girl who's who's the elder there, she's 12 years old. This has become like the most progressive church in, in maybe the whole division. Who knows? You know, I can't hear of any other church that has a 12-year-old female elder. But anyways, that's what that's the story with them. And it's beautiful what's going on there. Man, that's incredible. I, I, that, that takes some guts to do. Uh, and I'm, I'm imagining that that transition wasn't smooth. I mean, you clearly mentioned that someone's like, peace, see you later. Like, I'm not about this. Um, and yet they're still doing it. And it's, I'm, I'm, I'm wondering if, if that church is better off than, than it used to be, but it sounds like it cause they're sticking to their guns. Yeah, absolutely. You know, the, 
they hired a Bible worker. Um, they hired a young Bible worker. He's almost 60 years of age. They hired a young Bible worker <laughs> comparatively to the rest of the church. But uh, but now but now he's been able to, you know, again, reach out so that the church doesn't die yeah. and reach out to to that population that that is greatly needed, which is the younger generation there. I remember talking with a group of my friends. We had like this little retreat type thing, like cabin in the woods kind of retreat type thing. And there's probably, you know, a dozen of us. And we just had a conversation. I was asking them, so, you know, you're still in the church and I want to know why. Like, was there a moment in your life when you're like, okay, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll continue giving this a shot. Because, you know, we've heard the statistics. It doesn't seem like... It's great numbers, you know, who are staying in the church. There's a, you know, 50-50 chance that young people leave. And so I wanted to know, why are you staying? And one thing that came up consistently, like without exception, uh, this theme of, you know what? My church got me involved. Um, and they would talk about how when they weren't involved, they would just kind of check out. They would just show up and be so disinterested. They had no skin in the game. But the moment that they got involved, the moment that someone said, hey, you, like, what would you like to contribute to our service in general? That seemed to be a major turning point for, for literally every single one of the young people that was a part of this, this conversation. Yeah, and, I, and that just, that confirms the importance of keychain leadership. Mm-hmm. Um, because when you have skin in the game, right, when you are given a responsibility, when you have buy-in to where the church is going, um, that'll definitely change um, how you move forward into the future, right? We have this, we have this conversation a lot of times where there's so many young people leaving the church over and over again, and and one of those traits from that book, Growing Young, is that one of the most important factors of young people staying in the church over and over again was that they were given leadership position or they were given responsibility. Yeah, you know, they were given the opportunity to serve. Yeah. Uh, and that creates great buy-in. You know, I would say that of all the young people that are in our church right now or the church that I used to pastor in, the young people that have stayed around and are still Adventists or going to some Adventist church in our country are those young people that were engaged in leadership position and had yeah. influence in the church. Yeah, and I think the book emphasizes it, and I know that's been important to me. It's not token leadership. It's not junior deacon yeah. in training when you're 20-something-year-old. <laughs> it's uh, what they call load-bearing leadership, something where it matters. There are stakes involved, and there is a risk, but this is what causes us to lean in when it comes to mentorship and discipleship and, and building relationship because, no, they now play a central part of our church as they should. Absolutely. It's not just about having them go up and say a scripture. It's not just about them singing a special song. You know, I know of some churches that have like uh, three or four young people get up on the stage and they'll do a special music or they'll, they'll, they'll lead out with the praise and worship with background music and be like, you know, yes, our youth, we're, we're a youth-oriented church. And they're like, no, it's not about just showcasing their talents. It's about putting them in a way that they have a deciding factor of the future of the church. I love that. I love that. Juan, thank you so much for casting a vision for us of what this could look like. And thank you for leading uh, leading the charge in your own area in, in advocating you. for young people. It makes a big difference. Yes, sir. Thank you, brother. Appreciate it. God bless you, man. You too.